one of our favorites, longtime Valley sports writer Kent Summers joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Kent, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Always. Yes. Uh, look, an eventful time. It's always eventful. We got a first place baseball team. We got a, a, a basketball team that's constantly evolving now. We'll start there. I mean, the Bradley Beal bombshell uh, and the subsequent moving of Chris Paul, not only to Washington, but now to Golden State. Give us give us your nutshell reaction to that, Ken. Well, overall, I mean, I, I, I'd like that the Suns have an owner that's willing to make bold moves and spend money. I mean, I, I, I think that's what any fan wants out of an owner is, is, is not a person who's just going to, you know, sit on the side and act like he doesn't care if they're going to win or lose. And it's, it's probably what I would do if I owned a team would be right in, right in the thick of things and, and, you know, everybody calling me a meddler, et cetera. <laughs> I, 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 uh-huh. I like the move. I like the move. I'm curious about how it's going to look with, with, you know, no real point guard. Are they going to run the offense through Booker, Devin, Kevin Durant? Or, you know, how does how does Bradley Beal fit in all of that? I I guess the the caution I I have or the worry I have for the Suns going forward is how involved is Isaiah Thomas in all this? Yeah, was he a force in all this? Was it you know was he there as sort of Chris Paul in his classic passive aggressive way? alluded to in that interview with the New York Times. I mean, Chris Paul reminded me when he made those quotes, reminded me of two years ago when he talked about Scott Foster without mentioning Scott Foster. <laughs> just saying like, right. hey, man, 11 and 0. If I was a betting man, 11, you know, 11 yep. straight losses. Yep. Well, well, Scott Foster's officiating. But I, you know, I I like to move. I, I think the Suns are going to be a fascinating team to watch. Well, that's a, it's a great point because y- you wonder about uh, how coherent all of this is going to be because it, I think you can make a, a case that Monty Williams and, and this current iteration of the Suns, that, that's not a match. That's not the kind of team Monty Williams needs to be coaching. Frank Vogel is a defensive mastermind. Who on this team is going to play defense and how important is it? Yeah, it, it, exactly. And, and, you know, and how does DeAndre Ayton uh, fit into this going forward? Is he the kind of center that, that Frank Vogel likes? I mean, not, not historically that we've seen. I mean, it, Frank Vogel, you know, is, is willing to play a guy who's not necessarily going to get you, you know, not going to score that much, but, is, you know, it's going to be a gritty defender, shot blocker, et cetera. And, and that's not necessarily DeAndre Ayton, but, you know, you, you read things like, you know, Frank Vogel, you know, loves DeAndre Ayton and thinks he can unlock potential, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that that to me is going to be interesting going forward. Look, I, I, I think I think I think Devin Booker nationally, maybe not locally, is an underrated defender. I mm-hmm. think Kevin Durant can defend um, at, at, at critical times. But I, I, I get your point. You know, it's is how does how does Frank Vogel put his stamp on this team, can he get it to play defense? Certainly, at, at, at better at critical times, more so than than Monty Williams did the last two seasons. Ken Summers, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Your point on Aiton, I, I think, is an interesting one, Ken. And I've, I've thought about that too. Is you know, obviously DeAndre Aiton struggles. He's ha- he has to take a large amount of the accountability for that because he is indeed the, the highly paid professional athlete. I think a lot of it falls on, on the head coach who's no longer with the Suns in Monty Williams. So I am fascinated to see if Frank Vogel is this gung-ho on, on DeAndre Aiton and does believe that he can unlock that potential. I'm, I'm fascinated to see what that could look like. 
Yeah, it, 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 exactly. I mean, I get that school of thought, and I sort of subscribe to it that after four or five years in the league, you know, a, a player is who he is. You know, that, that it's not going to change, and and maybe behind the scenes. You know, Monty Williams and the staff did everything they could to try to unlock that potential. And certainly, you know, Mark Bryant, you know, worked his tail off with DeAndre Ayton to try and and do it. And at times we saw, you know, dramatic improvement, you know, especially in the, the what the playoffs two years ago in 21, where, you know, that May, June, you know, DeAndre Ayton sort of took that, we thought was taking that next step and becoming an elite player. And he was at times dominant in those, that playoff run when he, when he needed to be. And then, you know, then kind of settled back into this guy who's, you know, looks good for a week or two and then doesn't show up for, a, you know, a couple of games. And it's just kind of floating around the court. And, you know, m- maybe Frank Vogel, you know, can can get more out of him by saying, "Hey, we're going to run stuff for you. This, you know, this you're you're not going to be an afterthought in this offense. Your offensive game isn't going to be limited to you know setting screens and trying to get offensive rebounds." I, I don't know. It's it it it's certainly going to be interesting to watch and and a you know and a, a sports writer's dreams and a talk show host dreams for sure. Yes. All right. Let's talk a little bit about a little football, Ken. I want to ask you about Mike Florio and why he keeps going to Jonathan <laughs> Gannon and the tampering story. I'm real curious your thoughts on this. Yeah, I don't know. It's you know I I, I respect Florio and everything he's built. You know, I mean from from scratch, really, but I. Some of this stuff is like kind of dreaming, dreaming it up and dreaming up controversy. I, you know, I, I, one of the first to be critical of the Cardinals for, you know, and Monty Austin for, for tampering and having to, you know, drop down in the third round of the draft. And I know that kind of, uh, you know, got buried with what happened on draft day and what Austin Fort was able to pull off. So I, I get all that. I don't know if it's a case of, you know, the Cardinals did or did something to Florio to irritate him or that, you know, uh, you know, or it's just a bad team that's easy to take pot shots at. Very, very, very strange, you know, to, to think, you know, the, the, a couple of the things that Florio yeah. come out with, you know, it's, you know, it's. I'm curious you know, from, what you're thinking. Yeah, about. I, I don't, I don't, I don't really get it. You know, I know we're in the, in the time of year where, yeah. you know, everybody in the NFL is on vacation and, you know, taking boats around Lake Como in Italy. You know, so you got to you got to come up with you got to come up with something. But you know, it at least got to be reasonable. Are you optimistic that Kyler Murray is going to get back to something resembling impact player form? I, I think he will eventually. The question is, obviously, you know, when does that happen? You know, does that happen? You know, when they have to put the you know the final roster together, the final or the first fifty three together in in September before the first game is is he on pup then or is he on the roster? That'll tell us a lot about what they think about when he's going to come uh-huh. back. I don't know. He'll he'll come back this year. I'm I'm convinced of it. I I think he's that competitive, and I think he knows for his future. You know he he needs to come back. It just it's just at what point, and he may not look like Kyler Murray typically looks like this year. I mean, we've all seen athletes with ACL injuries, and you know the vast majority of them are better. You know, a year later or two seasons after uh, the injury, so that'd probably be the case with Kyler Murray. But it puts the Cardinals in a fascinating position too. It's 
you know, what does he look like when he comes back? And with, you know, possibly two picks in the top five of the draft, can they afford to pass on Caleb Williams or, or one of the other top quarterbacks in the draft? Are they, will they be absolutely convinced that Kyler Murray's their guy going forward? Uh, I, I don't know that, you know, I'm, and now I'm speculating like Mike Florio here, I, but I don't know in June if, if that's, you know, if that's going to happen. Yeah. Ken Summers, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Finally, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, we're almost to the midway point of the Major League Baseball season, and they've got a, you know, not a, a, a breezy, comfortable lead, but three and a half games going into this weekend. Uh, how convinced are you, Kent, that this is sustainable for the D-backs the rest of this year? I'm convinced it is. I, I I I like the way they play. I think it's a it's a really solid baseball team that you can see that has confidence in itself. I think as long as as uh, Gallon and Kelly stay healthy, you know they're going to avoid huge losing streaks or bad slumps. I think that will that will keep them in it at least for the wild card. I don't know if they can stay in in front of the division, you know. And I I liked it. You know, until the last week or so, it was a team that didn't beat themselves. You know, but then you then yeah. you watch a game where they collide in the outfield, or you know, or Cattell Marte, you know, doesn't throw to first base in time. You know, and it's like, well, you just gave that that team life. But I, I think it's sustainable. I, I, I you know, I think we could all sort of see it, a vast improvement coming last year when they started calling up, you know, some of the young guys and the different kind of baseball they were playing and how exciting that was. I think the question going forward, what I would have liked to have seen this summer so far is one of the young pitchers really step forward in, in, in the way some of the yeah. young position players have, you know, and they've been given a chance here, chances here and chances there. And so far, nobody's done it. And they really obviously need to find a, a, a third starter behind those two guys for this to be state sustainable and to actually win games in October and not just get there. Kent, great to talk to you. Thanks for making some time for us this morning. Glad you're doing well.